Losing is one thing, but losing in the way that the Jets did to the Calgary Flames, not good enough from the coaching staff and from the Jets. We'll dive into what went wrong on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so, of course, is always free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. Most of all, though, we just love and appreciate your support. Tonight's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more because right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn right now to get started. Now, like I said, the Jets just came off of a, uh, a game against the Calgary Flames was a bit of an earlier afternoon game, and the, the Jets honestly just weren't that good. Uh, aside from a stretch where the Jets uh, saw a first-period hat trick from Sean Monahan, which you would think would be enough to at least put a pretty good uh, hold on the Jets' lead, instead, Winnipeg just completely fell apart on numerous occasions and ended up falling behind 5-3 to three in what was a really disappointing and annoying loss. Now, like, Here's the thing about losses, right? For this team this year, the Jets are going to drop games, and that's okay. I don't really have a problem with Winnipeg maybe having a game where they're not at their best. Maybe they fall behind a bit. You know, finally, Hellebuck looks a little mortal. Something like that, right? In this case, though, the Jets were, you know, kind of put behind their, you know, by their own performances and also by the coaching staff, again, getting the assignment wrong. We've talked about it many times before. Uh, the choice to not use Ehlers on the first line and have Connor there instead is just killing the Jets. The entire top six doesn't really seem that functional. Uh, you look at the underlying numbers, right? And People will say, well, the Jets didn't get outplayed, but if you look at previous games and even this one, unfortunately, it's only half true, right? The depth lines for the Jets actually did really well. Uh, you know, the Lowry and, and um, Nemestikov lines, they handled their assignments fine. No problem there. Uh, they did exactly what they were supposed to. No real dramas. Unfortunately, the uh, the Shifley and Monahan lines really struggled to do much of anything at 5v5. You know, the only reason that the Jets were able to come away with a couple of big goals from Monaghan was thanks to the power play, which for the time being appears to have figured out the offensive zone setup stuff. You know, obviously the Jets still have trouble getting to that point, but at least now we know that they can finish. So that's good. Uh, but in terms of the 5v5 play for this team, it's kind of nose diving for two of the most important lines. The first line is especially frustrating because we know that there's a line combo that was basically as good as the McDavid line, and they went away from it as soon as Kyle Connor came back. Um, this is, is very clearly for me one of the biggest mistakes the coaching staff has ever made. And, you know, it, it really shouldn't be rocket science, but... <clears throat> 
look, I'm I'm totally cognizant of the fact that you know there's there's locker room dynamics here. There is probably to some degree Shifley dictating what he wants to do for his lineups. But at some point, the coaching staff has to examine the very hard facts. And honestly, the only player that seems to work well with Shifley in the current lineup on that top line is Velarde, because Kyle Connor has kind of been, well, in my mind, a little bit MIA. And that's partly because the Jets coaching staff is putting him in a position to fail. Uh, he doesn't actually do that well with Shifley. We know that that's the case. And for whatever, uh, you know, feedback we've heard about Shifley maybe not preferring to play with Ehlers because of uh, the unpredictability. You look at their scoring record together, and I don't really know that it even matters. Like They they seem to be very much in sync. They're very much uh, great down low. And honestly, if, if that's what the unpredictability looks like, I would take that 10 times over what we're seeing now because the Jets' top six is essentially non-functional. It's a non-starter. And for the Jets coaching staff to continue to get this particular question wrong, it's putting the rest of the team in a really tight position. Because if the top line's not scoring, guess what? Somebody else has to pick up the slack. And with the Jets uh, having multiple issues in this game, not only offensively, but you know also defensively, it's it's a tough one. I would also say that, unfortunately, uh you know, Neil Pionk got roasted pretty badly on several different shifts. He made uh, a number of poor reads and you know, had some moments where he had bad gap control. And he kind of, you know, was part of the reason the Jets conceded uh, several different goals. He wasn't the only reason, make no mistake, but, you know, he and the top line had a bit of a mare. This was probably some of their worst games of recent uh, memory. So very frustrating. Um, it felt like a, a two points that was really squandered. You know, in terms of at least Monaghan, you know, having a really strong game, that's great. Uh, Sean, for me, until recently, hasn't been super noticeable, right? You know, the first few games, I did kind of think Monaghan might struggle at first a little bit, but I was still waiting to see more of what uh, the coaching staff was hoping to get out of him. And thankfully, the last couple of games, we're starting to see him look a little more confident. I think the power play stuff is pretty legit, right? Now, like I said earlier, it's difficult for that unit to still set up initially, but once they do, we're seeing uh, Villardi and Monaghan have some really good chemistry around the goal line, and it's leading to some really big scoring opportunities. So let's hope that continues, because if like the Jets' power play is even slightly average, that is a huge improvement, and the rest of the league should watch out, because like the, the special teams being dog crap is one of the only things that's truly held the Jets back this entire season. Now, recently, the 5v5 play has been a little bit more of a question mark, but I think that there's actually some pretty simple fixes to that. And uh, and I'm not going to sit here and say, like, like it's actually easy because we know it's not, right? The, there are some things about these changes that I'm proposing that probably still wouldn't be great. You know, I, I suspect that the Connor and Monahan pairing would probably struggle defensively too. But at least, you know, if you have one line that's dominating control and winning all of those matchups, it opens up so many other opportunities where you don't have to be perfect with either the third or fourth lines. Or in the case of the re redone uh, Monahan line, you know, Connor and and Sean would have a little bit more, you know, uh, I guess runway to work with if they're having a bit of a scoring drought because we know. Connor recently has not been shooting much at all. He's not scoring, and it's been a brutal stretch for him. So a lot of moving parts for the Jets, but you know, realistically, like I said, I think you make one swap, and immediately you will solve a number of different problems 
with how the team is currently constructed. But I don't expect the Jets coaching staff to really make that change. Maybe Bones will finally go to it. You know, there's uh, recently been some stuff from him about accountability and, you know, meritocracy. And I want to focus on that because I feel like the Jets really don't actually exemplify any of what he just said in some very specific cases. We'll talk about what those specific cases are and why this is kind of hurting the Jets right now. But before we go any further, I did want to shout out our friends and partners at FanDuel. Get buckets, get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Now, look, personally, I'm not a big basketball fan. I don't follow the NBA or college b-ball as much as I should. But, you know, even I'm still aware of Steph Curry, LeBron, some of the top players. Uh, Jokic, I know, is obviously a very popular one these days. And, you know, come the NBA playoff time, that's when I tend to focus a little bit more in on the sport. But for those of you who uh, really track and love the sport, this is a great opportunity for you to really flex that knowledge. Just go to uh, FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and shoot your shot because you might hit a few more threes than you're expecting. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Hello, friends. Welcome back to this episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Every day, thank you so much for rejoining us on tonight's episode as we are uh, focusing focusing in on some uh, recent commentary and feedback regarding the coaching staff, some stuff that I think is, is legitimately worth spotlighting because we're hearing a couple of different things from the coaching staff and from Bones, and I just don't know that I really agree with um, some of their particular conclusions, right? What they're saying, how they're kind of framing uh, what their decisions have been recently. I just, I'm not really seeing it. Uh, Before we kind of focus in on that though, and and what it means for um, the Jets coaching staff and how it's impacted the team, I wanted to shout out something really cool the Locked On Network is doing. We have launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube, and now it's available at Amazon Fire TV in the free Fire TV channels app. Locked on Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with our local experts and international shows covering every league. Find Locked on Sports Today, uh, now available on the free Fire TV channels app, and as always, YouTube. <clears throat> now, like I said, circling back to Winnipeg's performance uh, and how the coaching staff, I think, has gotten the assignment wrong, I really feel like uh, you know, the Bones Brigade has kind of started to come apart at the seams again. We saw it last year, and obviously that wasn't exactly the happiest of times for anyone. We all know that there was a lot of tension. Bones kind of had a bit of a disagreement with the players, sort of threw them under the bus, and I wasn't really sure how that would manifest this year. It seems like they've managed to patch things up, but one of the biggest problems that I have with them, and I think it's a it's something that, you know, a lot of Dallas Stars fans are very used to is that he tends to have double standards with very specific players. Uh, we're seeing this a lot with Perfetti and Ehlers. Um, he was asked the other day about earning ice time, right? Because we know that both of those guys really don't play that much. Uh, you know, sometimes they've played as few as 12 minutes a night. And for two of your most creative players, that's just not really good enough. You know, the Lowry line with Appleton really shouldn't be seeing more ice time than what should be your second scoring line. And people will say, well, okay, but, you know, what are Ehlers and Perfetti doing about it? 
And the question, you know, the reality is, is that it's actually hard for them to really excel. Uh, in those limited minutes, you're not really getting many shifts to actually make a difference in the game. And sometimes, you know, with that line trio being the way that it is, it's not really gelling all that well. You know, Ehlers, Perfetti, <clears throat> and, uh, and you know, um, Monaghan don't really have the kind of chemistry that I think would make for a top-end line. I mean, you can see flashes of it here and there, but overall, right, it just looks disjointed, and it's not really that different from what we're seeing with the top line, right? Like, Connor, compared to the way that Shifley and Vlardy work together, just seems completely lost in a lot of uh, instances. And really, since injury, he's just been a bit of a shell of himself. And so for me, I look at the coaching staff and I have to say, well, if this is really a meritocracy, why do we continue to see uh, certain players demoted and held to very high standards while we're seeing the top line continually get cratered and no changes have been made, right? It's It's been a bit frustrating. And then we saw Pionk having uh, one of the worst outings among any of Winnipeg's defenders tonight. And guess what was done with him? It, instead of actually looking at the deep pairings and trying to diagnose who honestly needs to get some you know rest and a few shifts off, he got moved to the first pairing with Morrissey because that's how you fix it, right? is to take the guy who's struggling and really having a tough time of it and ask him to handle even more responsibility. Now, I know the theory, right? It's because you would expect that Morrissey can do more of that stuff, handle more of the responsibility, and, you know, Pionk would be more in a facilitating secondary role. The problem is, is it doesn't actually work like that because now you're putting Pionk in very high leverage minutes and you're asking him to take on more responsibility when he was already kind of struggling to begin with. Why give him more to do if you are uh, really seeing him struggle even with a, even with just his current assignment alongside Dylan? It doesn't make sense. It very clearly did not have the desired impact. And I just don't really understand how we can hear from the coaching staff one thing regarding earning ice time. And then we see that, you know, kind of manifest. And look, I, to some degree, I get it. You're going to have some favorites. You're going to have some guys that you're more willing to cut some slack because you know how they are in practice. You see how they work. And I'm sure that there are some things that, you know, some of the players do in practice and stuff that we don't necessarily see that maybe influences those decisions. But just looking at the on-ice results, game in and game out, I don't know how you can look at this top six and think that it's a, it's a, it's a meritocracy and that it's being handled properly because it's just not. Um, there's no question that the Jets are putting themselves behind the eight ball, even with some simple stuff. And it's crazy because we already know that the Jets had one of the most dangerous line combos in the whole NHL, and they've stopped using it ever since Connor came back. So, it's very frustrating. It feels like it's not rocket science, but somehow this coaching staff definitely has made it to be a, a much harder challenge than I think it really needs to be. And I'm not trying to sit here and say that the coaching staff is bad. It's just that, you know, in, in these margins, right, in these moments where you need to make these adjustments and prove that you could do it before the playoffs, our coaching staff really hasn't. Uh, I, I think that they've fallen short of the mark in a couple of key areas. And people will say, well, look at the record. You know, the Jets are doing so well. How can you say this? But you can already see problems surfacing even before we get to the postseason. You have to think about who's really been contributing to a lot of these wins. You have a, an elite defensive structure. You've got Hellebuck standing strong. But offensively, this team is a lot less potent than you'd expect for a team that, you know, is fighting for a central division crown. The Jets have among the uh, lowest totals of goals scored for a team that's especially this high in the standings. 
And that's kind of a problem. Uh, the Jets are going to have to work on that. And, you know, continually making things harder by not using line combinations that are easy wins for you is um, it's a choice, right? It is a choice, one that I vehemently disagree with. And I, I think in these games we can see continue to be a problem and continue to pop up. So all I hope for is that at some point we see the switch. Bones did at least concede in a previous week that he might go back to that combo at some point. I'm just praying that he does it sooner rather than later because the longer that some of the stuff goes on, um, the more frustration you'll see build up with the players, and that can start to lead to some undisciplined play, uh, some some lazy shifts, stuff that you just don't want to see from this team that has done so well this year, that has gotten really, really far, and that frankly deserves a shot to really prove itself in a deep playoff run. So, you know, like I said, I, I'm not sitting here and, and trying to raise alarm bells necessarily, but these are bigger red flags than usual, right? These are not small issues. Thankfully, the solution's not that complicated. So uh, from my perspective, hopefully, you know, this is stuff that the Jets don't really uh, worry about too much and that they'll actually make the switch sooner rather than later. If they are sitting here thinking that they need to make another trade, well, then make the trade. Uh, you know, we've already talked about upgrading on the right-handed side of the defense. Maybe the Jets look to bring in another right winger that Bones will actually trust. I have no idea. But all I can say is, you know, let's not get into some bad habits and watch what has been a great season start to ebb away because this team has come too far to lose it now. And like I said, you know, they've won enough games and they're, you know, they won three of their last four. So they're in a pretty good spot overall. But you, you want to resolve the stuff before it starts getting to crunch time and you can't, you know, get back out of it. So tough one, right? But uh, we'll see how the coaching staff responds. I feel like, you know, Bones wasn't happy with almost anyone in this game. And if there was any time to make an adjustment and swap lines, this would probably be it. Let's hope he makes the right choice because the Jets are going to be facing the Minnesota Wild later tomorrow. Uh, that's going to be a tough game, especially since they just uh, they just dropped 10 goals against the Vancouver Canucks. And we'll talk about what to expect from Minnesota in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Game Time. When it comes to buying tickets, everyone knows that, you know, charges, fees, inconveniences, and at times not even knowing what you're paying for can be a consistent part of the process. Game Time knows that exact same pain, and they want to take the guesswork out of buying tickets by giving you uh, flash sales, last-minute ticket deals, and actually, a lot of times you get in-venue seat views, so you know what you're paying for. You don't want to go to see Taylor Swift doing her thing you know, for however many hundreds of dollars it is, only to find that you're sitting behind a giant pillar. Nobody wants that. You don't want to sit there you know, behind a pillar, say it like, Fenway Park watching baseball and, you know, somebody hits a grand slam and you miss it because, again, there's something impeding your view. Game Time offers all of these and so much more, including uh, a lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, and more. They want to really make ticket buying easy, straightforward, and honestly, a, a comfortable process. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account. Be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute ticket, last minute tickets, lowest price guarantee. 
Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you so much for joining us on tonight's closing thoughts as we are, uh, well, probably venting uh, a little bit of a frustration uh, against <clears throat> some of the decisions the coaching staff has made recently, which I know were spoiled, right? The Jets are, you know, what, second in the Central Division, looking pretty good, and, you know, things are feeling pretty fine, so... Um, Obviously, the Jets are, are are in a really good spot, and I don't want to kind of like overemphasize certain things that I would change, right? You know, the, this is not something where uh, you want to focus too, too deeply on it and get, you know, caught up in the details. But like, uh, actually, the Jets are currently third. So, you know, Winnipeg, like I said, their season has been really good. And now they have a chance to get, you know, another couple points against a team that is relatively further afield behind them in the standings. But this game would also be a really good opportunity for the Jets to uh, maybe make some tweaks, right? It's going to be a home game against the Minnesota Wild. The Wild, however, did just sink 10 goals against the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, and actually, when you look at their, their team's goal scoring record this year, it's stronger than the Jets are, which is kind of weird because typically you don't really associate finishing with Minnesota's roster, but apparently uh, that was not the case in this game. I think the goalies just took the night off and decided it'd be okay to allow 6 billion goals. Uh, we know that <clears throat> Erickson Eck and Kaprizov remain two of their most talented forwards. Marco Rossi has also started to really uh, find his, his form recently. He's got 15 goals on the season. Um, Brock Favor continues to be uh, one of the real Calder, Calder contenders. Now, look, I'm still going to you know put my my vote behind Connor Bedard, but in terms of a good runner-up, a really strong runner-up who honestly should deserve a few more first-place votes than he may get, well, you could do a lot worse than Brock Favor, who uh, you know has really really earned his spot as their top defender. Now, intriguingly, we also have a really good shot at likely seeing De Declan Chisholm. Uh, Chisholm just scored his first NHL goal the other night. Uh, I don't know if he'll actually play in this game. I would expect he would because I would think, you know, a chance to stick it to the Jets and give a, a player who was kind of buried on Winnipeg's depth chart a chance to shine against his old team would probably be, uh, you know, something you, you could expect to see, right? Minnesota definitely has some bad blood from earlier this year. Both the fan bases apparently really hate each other, and this is a potentially really explosive game. Now, what's kind of funny is, you know, I, I might have actually started uh, Hellebuck in this game rather than the Calgary Flames one. I thought Persuall was going to get that one. Did not happen. Uh, the Jets instead used Helly yesterday, or I guess, well, by this recording earlier this evening. But, um, yeah, not great all around. Um, I'm just hoping that the Jets can kind of figure things out against Minnesota because you don't want to uh, kind of follow up a three-game win streak with a two-game losing streak that could potentially run longer. You know, the Jets had such a momentous and exciting win against the Vancouver Canucks over the weekend. You really want to recapture that feeling and keep that going. And, and like, like I said, the Jets, they're going to lose some games over the next few weeks. I'm totally fine with that. I just want this team to be competitive, to be playing at the best level that it's capable of, and for the team to be put in a position to succeed. And so far, I feel like the latter two portions of that statement haven't really been, uh, you know, put on display for us. So hopefully the coaching staff figures it out. I don't know if they will this year, but um, 
you know, funny enough, I thought about it recently, how when Scott Arneal took over, uh, obviously the Jets' save percentage went up because Hellebuck finally started to find his groove. But I also felt like Arneal's deployments and line combos, I actually appreciated more. Uh, I felt like he had a better handle and a better pulse on some of these things. I felt like, you know, when it was coming up against, you know, uh, some, some really tough teams that Arneal handled stuff really well. And, you know, I keep thinking about maybe this being Bones' last season behind the bench. Maybe, you know, next season Arneal takes over and we see if he can actually replicate some of his success. In the meantime, though, Bones still has a lot of work to do. And it's not like he is a bad coach. He's got a couple of very clear habits that maybe uh, have gotten the Jets into some trouble. But overall, you know, you look at the the Jets season and generally speaking, it's been pretty successful. So here's the chance for the Jets to add two more points. I'm hoping that it's going to be a really fun home game. I expect the crowd to be rocking. I know it's going to be a Tuesday, but given some of the bad blood between Minnesota and Winnipeg, I suspect that the the, the crowd might sell it out. Uh, it'd be nice to have more butts in the seats, get folks really into the game, and what you know will be probably a lot of fireworks. Uh, give it the the fan atmosphere that it deserves, because this could be a really explosive and rather emotional game. So stay tuned to see how that one pans out. We'll have coverage from that game on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. But for tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. I thank you so much for listening and making us your first listen of the day every day. Be sure to come back tomorrow for even more Jets coverage. Don't go anywhere, but uh, as always, have a great night, and go Jets, go.